Welcome to the Truth Must Be Told podcast. I have covered many subjects and will continue to bring you quality podcasts to give you some hope in this uncertain world. If you've missed any episodes, you can go to thetruthmustbetold.org and you will find the link for anchor.fm, which will allow you to listen to previous podcasts absolutely free. It's free to visit the site and free to listen. While you're there, consider hitting that support button and help this ministry to continue to be free and a blessing to many. Thank you for your support and for joining me here on The Truth Must Be Told. Are we in the end times? Well, we'll take a look at that today on The Truth Must Be Told. Stand by. He's just ignorant. He doesn't know any better than to tell the truth. It's the truth. I just want to report the truth. It'd be a nice change of pace. When in doubt, tell the truth. Edward, I tried to tell the truth, and it kicked me off the air. You can't handle the truth! And now, speaking the truth, even though it hurts, here's the host of The Truth Must Be Told, Sal Passos. Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to The Truth Must Be Told. It is a wonderful, wonderful Saturday. Uh, I have, I'm sorry for the lateness of this getting out. I have been doing some chores with Lori and uh, getting some things done around the house that I desperately needed to do. Lori is now beginning to set up for Christmas, and we're getting, uh, she got the decorations up, and we're not going to have a lot of presents under the tree this year, and so we got ourselves a little three-foot tree, and it's really beautiful. I'll post some pictures up there for next time, or put them on the website. Uh, just really, really exciting, and don't forget the website, thetruthmustbetold.org. Get over there and uh, and uh, and see how things are going. Uh, happy birthday to uh, my old pastor, Jim Loomer. Happy birthday, Jim. Uh, wish you well. I hope you had a great day today. I know you're out traveling and doing stuff, and... I just uh, wish you a good one, and I hope, uh, you know, many, many more returns in the Lord. A happy birthday to you. And we used to sing it this way. A happy birthday to you, a happy birthday to you, and each day of the year may you feel Jesus near. A happy birthday to you, a happy birthday to you, and the best day you ever had. That's what we used to sing in Bible college. All right. All right, so we're going to be talking about the end times. The end is near. And we keep hearing that. You know, we've seen uh, people with sandwich boards on there. The end is near. The end of the world is near. Well, uh, you know, it's it's interesting the way people will do it. And just just listen to this, okay? Uh, uh, Farmers Fred and Luke were fishing on the side of the road. They made a sign saying, the end is near. Turn yourself around now before it's too late. And they showed it to each passing car. Well, one driver that passed didn't appreciate the sign and shouted, Leave us alone, you religious nuts. All of a sudden, they heard a big splash. Fred turned to grin at Luke and said, Do you think we should have just put up a sign that said, Bridge out instead? (laughs) Okay, (laughs) all right, All right, yes, bridge out instead. Yeah, so uh, if you don't pay attention to the signs, you're going to have a problem. You know, cities and states put signs up on the highway to warn us of upcoming danger. You know, how many people, when they see a sign, and this was one of my pet peeves, man, I'll tell you. You see a sign as you're traveling down the interstate, and it says something like this, left lane closed ahead, merge right. But these people continue in the left lane until they're at the very last moment 
and then they get angry at others that will not let them into the right lane. They ignored the sign. Man, I see that <laughs> I see that sign, right lane closed, ahead. And I know maybe it's a mile or two or half a mile or whatever. I get into, I get into the, uh, the lane I'm supposed to get into. And all these people are screaming, bye. And they got it. You know, now you're caught in traffic. So now you're stuck there and there's all kinds of things going on and you get into fights and whatever. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're so they ignore the signs. Uh, here's another one. Icing conditions. Please slow down. Nope. Ain't going to worry about that. They don't pay attention to the signs. Oh, you get the idea. There are signs everywhere that we look today and we see signs every day. And, uh, Right now, though, there are specific signs. They're the signs of the times. And the Bible makes it clear that what we are seeing in today's world are the signs that Jesus is soon to return and take his bride away. Sadly, so many people are ignoring those signs. They continue to live as though they have all the time in the world. Even Christians who should know better are ignoring the signs that they are seeing. Now, many of them are blinded by the enemy. And others, still others, are not being taught prophecy in their churches. Their pastors do not want to talk about the end times for various reasons. They'll say, I'm not skilled at it, or I don't want to scare people. You know, look, if you're in a church like that, get out, especially if they're not teaching the gospel, the whole counsel of God, and just giving you fluff, you know, like, it's your best life now. This garbage is going to lead people to hell, and the church is just eating that stuff up. Okay. Now, I became a Christian in 1978, and as I grew in the knowledge of the Lord, I began to hear things that totally fascinated me. You know, to begin with, you got to understand that I was a Catholic. I was baptized as a baby, celebrated my first communion, went to confession, celebrated Mass, partook in the Eucharist, and I was even an altar boy. Oh, yeah. I was also abused in the Catholic Church, not sexually, but I was abused emotionally. Uh, the church we, the church we went to, unfortunately, had all, you know, everybody's parents were doctors, lawyers, and whatever. And uh, my father was a poor TV repairman and uh, making $150 a week. That's what he was paid. I remember that. So, uh, yeah, but anyway. Uh, <clears throat> but as I grew older, I began living a lifestyle worthy of my spiritual life. I sinned like crazy. Oh, I stole things, I was hooked on porn, had sex with as many girls as I could, I smoked drugs in the parking lot at school. Um, you know, I was a disgusting mess, but I was a good Catholic, though. Went to church on Sundays. Now, my best friend Gordon, who I met in high school, we became very best friends. We, 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 we started calling each other brothers. I've mentioned him many, many times before. Uh, and he went to college in Wyoming, and I was fascinated by the fact that Someone I knew and loved like a brother would leave the state and attend college so far away. Well, while he was there, of course, I fell into more trouble. My then fiancé thought that she was pregnant, and I was working three jobs and going to school for law enforcement, and my life was a mess. Um, a few weeks after Gordon had gone out west, uh, I started having these crazy people coming into my life. They were crazy because they were telling me about Jesus. Now, I didn't want to hear it. I was a Catholic, you know. The, the first one of these crazy Christians I heard was in my psychology class in college. 
Now, I don't remember everything he said, but it was clear that he was a Christian and would tell me things about Christ's forgiveness. Uh, he was also in Vietnam, which was interesting. He taught, shared some stories there. But I didn't care. Next. At work, all right, I worked as a, as a clerk in a gas station. You know, I had many different people that would come and show up and give me these little cartoon books about God's judgment on those who would not accept him. Chick, -chack, chick tracks, for those of you who remember what they were. Uh, one guy came into the station I was working at, and he saw that I was sick. He laid hands on me and prayed for me. Talk about weird. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, I wasn't, I didn't get, I wasn't healed, but, but um, you know, well, about two weeks after all this started, I received a call from Gordon and, uh, one cold evening in November, and my life was falling apart, and I knew it. Now, when he called, I began to, he began to tell me that he was a Christian now. I almost hung up on him. You are like those, you are one of those crazy people that are coming into my life telling me about Jesus, won't leave me alone. And he goes, because every time they told me about Christ, something was bothering me inside. You know what that bothering me was? That the Holy Spirit was urging me, listen. But I was rebelling against it. Well, I told him what happened almost and, 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 and almost to the day of him accepting Christ, those crazy Christians started showing up in my life. It was as if God had said, okay, now we got to get Sal saved. <clears throat> well, after about a three-hour conversation, when I hung up the phone, I, I cried. I was alone in my room, and I cried out to God, Lord, I give up. I can't handle this anymore. I surrender. And I wound up crying myself to sleep. Now, it wasn't one of those, oh, Lord, please forgive me of my sins and I accept Jesus as my personal Savior type of prayers. And it wasn't one of those King James prayers, you know. Yes, Lord, if I giveth you my sinneth and asketh for forgiveness, I didn't, it wasn't like that at all. I fell asleep that night and I woke up in the morning knowing that something had changed in me. I was new. Even my parents noticed that change. Well, since that time, I have shared my testimony with many. My parents, my grandparents, my aunt, uncle, and cousin all came to the Lord because of it. So God had a plan. Now, my, my mom, I just want to say my grandparents, uh, when they passed, you know, we, we, we knew that they were saved and we, we went there. Now, my, uh, my mom, uh, well, my aunt passed away first, my uncle passed away first, and I'm not too sure where he was with the Lord, but we'll find out when we get there. Uh, my aunt was definitely a Christian. She loved the Lord. My cousin is still going. Pray for him. I appreciate if you guys pray for my cousin. Uh, my parents and my, my grandparents, my, my parents were the, were the best thing. I've got pictures of them right after they were saved, and you could see the joy in their face. I've got pictures of them being baptized. And it, just, it was just wonderful to see the change that transpired in their life. I still have my dad's Bible up there in that counter behind me there. And uh, it's fun to look at sometimes and see what he highlighted and what he was reading. And uh, my mom, unfortunately, in the later years, she got dementia and with that Alzheimer's garbage, and she didn't know who anybody was, and she told her, but I still believe that she's, in, she's with the Lord. Because that is a disease that takes place in the brain, and I think that there's, um, you know, God has a place and God understands. So now, so we all came to the Lord and we weren't perfect, but we were learning. All right. Now, some of the things I learned was that there was no purgatory. 
Now, as a Catholic, that was a big thing. What do you mean there's no purgatory? It's either heaven or hell. It's going to burn. I don't have any other option. Uh, I found out that the priest couldn't forgive my sins. Wow. So all these times going to confession and uh, doing penance, five Our Fathers and five Hail Marys did not get me any work with God. In fact, God, I found out that that works of ri- our own righteousness, our own righteousness, when we try to say, look how righteous we are, those things are like filthy rags before the Lord. <clears throat> it's a woman's menstrual pad. God doesn't look kindly on that. So, um, also I learned that the Eucharist was not the actual body of Christ. And then the priest couldn't magically transform the bread into God Christ's flesh or the wine into his blood. And for those of you who don't know, that's what's called transubstantiation. That's what Catholics do during the Mass. It's a, it is a paganistic ritual, a Babylonian thing, where, uh, where God says, oh, you know, the, the, not God, but the priest will do some magical incantation, and he will change the body, the bread and the wine, into the body and blood, the actual body and blood of Christ. So... And I also learned that we were in the last days of man. Now, many teachers during that time were proclaiming that we we're in the last days and we better prepare for his return. And I was fascinated with Bible prophecy. In fact, one of the books that uh, came out during that time was by this, well, pretty much he's an unknown fellow called Hal Lindsley. He wrote this book called The 1980s Countdown to Armageddon. And back in the 80s, he was showing all these things about the one world government, the uh, the ten nations coming together, which was predicted in Daniel, and things about uh, uh, earthquakes, end times, uh, all kinds of things that uh, the revival of the Roman Empire, everything he put in here. And I'll tell you, from what I was seeing, he didn't set a date. He did not set a date. He just said the 1980s was the countdown to Armageddon. All right, it didn't. He didn't get into specifics, but it really, it really fascinated me, and. Uh, and so I attended a great church where the pastor taught, taught about end-time prophecy. You know that one-third of the Bible, you know that one-third of the Bible that these pastors shy away from because they don't want to teach it? They're not good at it, or they, oh, they, you know, they want to scare people. That's what we were taught. So uh, I was convinced then in the 80s that the rapture was coming, and very soon. Oh, oh yeah, that was a new thing for me as well, the rapture. What is the rapture? Now, some of you, some of you may be listening to me now, and, and they don't know what it is. And let me explain. There is coming a time of great tribulation to this earth, seven years of literal hell on earth. Satan will have free reign to kill and destroy. But before this happens, true Christians, those who have accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, will be taken off the earth. Let's take a look at 1 Thessalonians 4, 13, uh, 13 through 18. But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which also sleep in, in Jesus will God, will, will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them... W- or prevent or precede those who are asleep. 
For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. So comfort one another with these words. 1 Corinthians 15 says, Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with, the, with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, the mortal with the immortality, then the saying which is written will come true, death has been swallowed up in victory. Now, these are some exciting Bible passages. They really are. And uh, we're going to take a look at them on the other side of the break. So stand by. All right, thank you. And for those of you who uh, are are uh, watching on uh, YouTube and other places, uh, Yubnub and things like that, uh, you just see it fade and come right back out again. The the uh, audio portion of this we have uh, is monetized, and we have to put in some commercials uh, to let people know where we're at. So just bear with me on those. Every time you listen, that's what you're going to hear. Because essentially, what I'm doing is I'm recording the podcast here, uh, and I'm pr- producing a video with it, so as a video podcast to put out on YouTube and whatever. But the audio portion is uh, what I'm doing it for. So I'm producing it. I gear it towards uh, a listening audience. But if you're interested in seeing my ugly face and seeing my uh, cheesy five dollar background back there and my on air sign and um, the truth must be told banner that I have. <laughs> Tune in. Uh, go to go to Yubnub, uh, yubnub.social. Uh, there's a, a place there where you can find me. It's the Truth Must Be Told podcast. And you look up my name, Sal Passes, or, or the Truth Must Be Told on YouTube. I'm also on Instagram and Rumble and things like that. So though I don't know how much longer I'm going to be on Instagram, uh, or rumble because uh, the shows have been getting a little bit longer. When I first started this, the shows went from uh, the shows went from uh, you know twenty minutes or so, thirty to thirty minutes. Now I'm doing forty five minutes to an hour, and if it keeps getting any more than that, uh, I guess there's so much material to cover. I don't even know where to start. So if uh, it comes to be more than that, then <laughs> you know uh, YouTube will take it, but uh, the other ones I don't. I don't know. Rumble I think will take it, but. I, I know Instagram won't. They only allow 59 minutes uh, so uh, or 60 minutes, something like that. So anyway. All right. So we've seen that uh, uh, Jesus is coming back to take away his bride. All right, Sal, all well and good. But the term rapture is not in the Bible. Well, neither is the word Bible in the Bible. Nor is the word Trinity in the Bible, for that matter. But... Uh, we know that the Trinity exists, so why do we reject the word rapture? 
Well, in in uh, First Thessalonians four, the term "caught up," all right, uh, in the original Greek word is harpazo, and that means to seize, catch up, snatch away. Properly used, it means seized by force, snatched up suddenly and decisively, like someone seizing a bounty, a spoil, or a prize. You know, okay, to take by open display of force, and it, it, in other words, not covertly or secretly. Okay, it's going to happen, not secretly or covertly. It's going to boom. All right. So when the Bible was translated from the original Greek into Latin, they used the word raptura. Uh, that's where we get our word rapture. So there's the there's the term. So uh, in this same word harpazo that's used in uh, John 10, 28, my sheep know my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish, nor or no one will snatch them out of my hand. That's harpazo. No one will harpazo them out of my hand, snatch them away. Uh, Matthew 13, 19. Isn't that good to know, though, that, that Jesus gives us eternal life and no one could snatch us away from Christ? Isn't that great? Uh, Matthew 13, 19. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. Again, snatches away the harpazo, grabbing it away. All right. This word is used 13 times in the New Testament. So um, it's there if you bother to read the Bible. Wow, what a concept, reading the Bible. Wow. All right, Sal, you convinced me that the word rapture is in the Bible, but I have heard that it will not take place until the great tribulation is over. Or you may tell me that you've heard it'll happen in the middle of the tribulation. All right, to begin with, Jesus told us that no man knows the hour or the day when he will return. And uh, and see, because if we as Christians know when the tribulation begins, then then we'll 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 all recognize this because the Antichrist will be there at the start of it, and then we know we have either three and a half years or seven years, three and a half if you're a mid-tribber, seven years if you're a post-trib, um, to believe that, uh, the, to know when Christ is returning. And we would get lazy. All right, Jesus said, you don't know when I'm coming back. I'm coming like a thief in the night. Okay, if you know when the thief was coming, you'd be ready for him. But he says, be prepared because I'm coming. And this is also, Paul un- says says to encourage one another with these words. Now, can you imagine him telling us to encourage one another, and, yeah, well, here it is. got to go through <clears throat> the seven years of the Great Tribulation. You're going to be tortured. You're going to be beaten. You're going to be murdered. You're going to starve. You're going to get killed. I'm just encouraging you with that. That's not very encouraging, is it? <clears throat> again, <laughs> so, and I want to point out, and I've said this over and over again, that the word church is not used after the end of chapter 3 in the book of Revelation, it's done. Not at all. Church is not mentioned. That's why some people believe when uh, chapter 4 begins, and uh, John is told, come up here, and we will show you what, uh, we'll show you what must take place after this. After what? The church age. Church is over. All right? Now it's the tribulation begins. Now, add to that, that the... Uh, Paul told us in 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? We're not... We're, Jesus took the wrath that we deserve on the cross. you got to understand, the Great Tribulation is God's outpouring of his wrath to the people who rejected him. And it's God's time to diming and dealing with the Jews who rejected him. I'm not saying God's going to destroy the Jews. I'm not saying that. But when the church age is over, when the bride of Christ is taken away, and, and Jesus is, is, we're safely kept with him in heaven during the seven years of tribulation, God will the, once again focus his attention onto the Jewish nation of Israel. God has never forgotten Israel. They are still his. I challenge you to look. Every nation that's come against Israel has been destroyed. God said, he made an Abrahamic covenant, and he said, I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. That has never changed. God made a covenant with Abraham, and it was a covenant that uh, only requires fulfillment on one side. It didn't require Abraham to continue anything. God still loves Israel. They are his people. He's never forgotten them. And for those of you who are being taught that the church is replacing Israel, you're wrong. There is no place in the scripture that talks about the church replacing Israel. We're not. We're adopted into the family of God through the work of Jesus Christ. Okay? Again, in 1 Thessalonians 2, verses 1 through 3, Paul says this, Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us, or by or alarmed by the, by the teaching allegedly from us, whether by prophecy or by the word of mouth or by letter, asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and then, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. So Paul is warning the, the, the Thessalonians. Now, in First Thessalonians, he told them about the return of Christ, that we're going to be raptured, okay? And uh, the coming, the coming uh, rapture is going to take place. And Paul was, was talked about being, you know, the snatching away. And he told them not to, uh, you know, not to worry about it. But now it seems as though other teachers have come in and saying, we're already in the Great, in the great Tribulation. I find it very interesting. Listen to this from the Greek. Do not begin to, this is how it's uh, be translated from the Greek directly. Do not begin to allow anyone to lead you astray in any way. Because that day shall not come except the aforementioned departure of the church to heaven comes first, and the man of lawlessness is disclosed in his true identity. So we see here this, this, uh, this falling away that is, that's being talked about here is actually a departure of the church. It's a departure. The word means a departure, a leaving. It's not a 
it is not a, uh, a a falling away as far as religious apostasy. We certainly see that. We certainly see that. But when you think about the church leaving, because they're mis- misinterpreting it here as rebellion, or the falling away, it shows in some scripts, some uh, verses, but it means the departure of the church, right? Um, which you'd mentioned, aforementioned, that's in in the First uh, Thessalonians, first uh, letter he wrote to them. So, the church will be part, it, depart. It's mentioned in First Thessalonians, and the Antichrist will be revealed. All right, the church will not be here for the tribulation to come. All right, Paul had to correct the Thessalonians because somebody was saying we're already in the Great Tribulation. We're not. There are teachers out there today that are telling us that, and telling their churches, oh yeah, we're in the Great Tribulation right now. No, we're not. We're not in the Great Tribulation. We're not. But we're seeing the signs leading up to that time. So I would encourage you, don't ignore the signs. Don't be like those guys that say, we don't want your sign. Don't, don't, you religious nuts, leave us alone, and you wind up going in the drink. I would definitely say you need to think about what is going to happen if you are left behind. We don't want that to happen to you. We have no desire for that to happen to you. Absolutely not. And... Um, You know, we're, we are just looking forward to um, to being with you in heaven, all right? Um, but that day is going to come like a thief in the night, the Bible says, like a thief in the night. All right, the Scripture tells us that, uh, you know, again, I'll say it again. If, if you knew when the thief was coming, <clears throat> the thief doesn't call you and say, okay, um, at 3 o'clock tomorrow morning, I'm going to be breaking into your house, so can you please, you know, just make sure. The thief doesn't tell you that. They just break in. And Bible, Jesus tells us that the, if the homeowner would have known that the thief was coming, he would have done something about it. He wouldn't have let it to happen, right? But Jesus says, I'm coming like a thief in the night. You know, the rapture could take place at any time, any time at all. We don't know. We don't know the time. We don't know the hour. We don't know the day. But Jesus is coming back. The signs are all out there. I Go back and listen to my talks on the days of Noah. Uh, we've got uh, there's much, much uh, information that I've put out there for you that you can uh, go back and, and, and listen to. All right, there's, uh, one of the episodes I did was Confusing Times. You know, where are we going? Don't be left behind. All of those will talk to you about the signs, the signs of the times. What are you What are you waiting for? God is speaking to you now, okay? God is speaking to you now, and he wants you to be saved. He wants you to, to come to him in a repentant attitude and spirit like, God, I'm sorry, like like I did when I prayed, okay? You don't have to pray a certain prayer. You don't have to do something that's uh, that's uh, some kind of religious thing. I jokingly play that clip that says, 
uh, what must they do to be saved? Well, yeah, you know, I never want you to sleep past 5.30, eat only vegetables and Twinkies, shave your head and only wear blue. If you're diligent, you might make it. Religion is, uh, religion is uh, men reaching up to God, but the gospel message is that God reached down to man. He's reaching out to you. And he's saying, why are you waiting? The time is getting short. Don't be like those foolish virgins who used up their oil. And when the bridegroom came, they were left in outer darkness. Don't do that. Go back and listen to my message on hell. Look, there's a real hell to shun. There's a heaven to gain. There's a bad time coming on this earth if you don't want to be left behind. If you don't want to be left behind, then I would suggest that you think about that now. God loves you very, very much. He wants to save you. Just cry out to him and say, God, I need you now. I'm lost. I'm a sinner. It doesn't matter what you've done. You don't have to get right before you come to God. You don't have to get cleaned up before you take a bath. Just ask him for forgiveness, and he will forgive you. If you have any questions about that, what you should do, write to me at thetruthmustbetold.org. That's thetruthmustbetold.org. Say, Sal, I need some help with this. I don't know what to do. I will pray with you. Uh, I'm going to end the program here. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me at the website. God bless, and I'll see you next time on The Truth Must Be Told. Enjoy God's Day tomorrow.